Hello and welcome to Across the Bifrost, the Mighty Thor podcast, where each and every episode we explore the world of Marvel's Mighty Thor. Today we are back in our throwback series. We are talking issues 116 and 117 of Journey into Mystery with our special guest, a good friend of mine, Curtis Spears, who is calling in all the way from London in the UK. So we have a great conversation. We we really explored the themes in these two issues. There was so much to unpack here, and we hope you enjoy our conversation about these two issues. Also, coming up in December, I know I've been saying this a lot, guys. I just want I don't want you to forget I've got some great gifts and some presents in in mind for you this December, this holiday season. So there's a lot of great things coming up on the podcast. I'm going to do a little bit more detail in the end of the episode, but we got some great guests coming up. And Curtis is uh, just a fantastic guest to have on here. Of all the great guests we've had, I think Curtis and I, uh, it was just fun to rekindle the friendship that we had a few years back when we were just two guys hanging out at a comic book store in Cheyenne, Wyoming, just trying to kill some time and read some good comics. So today we do the exact same thing. We kill some time and we read some awesome comics. I hope you enjoy this episode. I will get you into this conversation with Curtis, and then we'll do all the other stuff at the end of the podcast. I hope that you stick around for a new segment and a little bit of information about what's coming up next week. We got some surprises in mind for you. Until then, enjoy this conversation with Curtis Spears in our throwback Thursday series. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens You'll behold in breathless wonder the God of Thunder, Mighty Thor. Hey, everybody, welcome to this week's Throwback Thor issues. Uh, We are going to be talking about issues 116 and 117 today. We are finally at the trial of the gods. It's going to be an action-packed few uh, pages that we're going to break down today. But with me on the other end of this chat, his name is Curtis Spears, and I will let him introduce himself right now. Curtis, how's it going, man? I'm doing great, man. I've, I've had a good morning so far reading some old comic books, and uh, I'm ready to talk about it. This is some, uh, these are some issues we're going to break down today, man. We're, we're going to have a good time. So... Curtis and I, uh, we we met through a mutual friend many, many years ago, and uh, now we are worlds apart. Um, Curtis is calling in from uh, the UK this morning. Uh, th- well, my, this morning for me, <laughs> afternoon for him. It's mid-afternoon for me. It's uh, about 3.30 in the afternoon here in uh, foggy London town. He had to over-explain that to me so many times, everybody, and I couldn't just I couldn't just Google it. I had to I had to go old school and have someone explain it to me word for word. Uh, but that was that was a lot of fun. We we can we can peek behind the curtain there when I when I when I was trying to explain to you about the time zones and you said, "Don't you still live in Wyoming?" I, I said, "No, man. Wyoming's not a six-hour time difference from where you are." <laughs> Uh, and I, I, had no, I just had no idea. We'd fallen out of communication for a little bit, but now that we've reconnected and, and, and we brought you on uh, this 
this very specific uh, episode that we're going to be talking about some old Thor comics. I just wanted to know, Curtis, before we jump in page by page, kind of how we break down comics here on the show, what is your personal history, your personal origin with Thor as a character, as a, as a world to be explored? I'm, I'm very curious to know where that began for you. Uh, I started reading comics in the early 90s. My dad bought me, uh, he bought me a large group of comics from a local supplier. Uh, I'm not sure if it was a comic shop or anything. He just get, he got it for me for Christmas one year. It was, it was a big orange cardboard bin that had uh, different characters drawn on it. It was, you know, there was Wolverine was on a daredevil, things like that. And inside was about a long box's worth of extra comics. And um, inside they had some new, some old. Um, I remember some of the, some of them specifically, like which issues it was. I, the first one that that really grabbed me was a uh, it was a Frank Miller Daredevil, and like awesome. there's really good stuff, right? But like not every nine year old should have a Frank Miller Daredevil comic. No, they should not. <laughs> That's not really a thing. But but it made me the man I am today, man child I am today. We have I Frank felt, Miller to thank for that. I have Frank Miller to thank for that. But um, yeah, no, that that was probably my first introduction to Thor. Uh, the thing about the thing about that Thor is the first Thor that I found was Thunderstrike. Okay, and I loved. I was like, this dude is cool looking, man. He's got a leather jacket and a ponytail. He's got a this, ponytail. <laughs> this guy, this guy definitely listens to Bon Jovi. Look at him, and uh, he I. He rocks so hard. I uh, I thought Thunderstrike was badass, and uh, so yeah, I, I got into him, and then I got into through that I got into Beta Ray Bill as well. Like I I didn't see Thor until I was a butter man. Um, <laughs> I I love I love those two characters specifically. So it was it was through them that I was introduced to to the wider world of Thor, um, and and it's the Thors that I like are like the Thunderstrike, obviously, uh, and and. I like some of the more obscure Thors. Like I, I really love the Ultimates universe. Yes, and I, I love Ultimate Thor. I think Ultimate Thor might be my favorite Thor. Mostly, yeah, he's my favorite Thor because he's okay. he's just so it's such a wild character that he's you know when you're first introduced to him you don't know if he's Thor, if he's crazy, if he's some sort of hippie who's co-opting the Thor name. Is is he does he actually have powers? Is is the suit that he's wearing what powers? You don't know these, and it's so cool. And I, I love that character so much. So um, I guess I guess I, I'm, I'm on the fringes of Thor and I, I don't really I don't really have a connection with Thor proper. I have a connection with those fringes more. OK, yeah. I mean, you you mentioned so many great uh, secondary supporting versions of the 616 version of Thor. We're going to we're going to unearth today from his Silver Age origins um had you ever before we jump into the actual issues had you ever read any old journey into mystery um this very very silver age version of the character so i've i've read some of it uh most of it was in reprints and things like that uh so i would find like black and white reprints and um you know in the in the back bins at, a, at the local comic shop where i was and i could so i would find certain issues out of order and things like that. I, I never really sat down and read a, a run of them. And it's, it's so it's, I have a love hate relationship with the issues that you had me uh, read today because okay. 
I, I, I think Stan Lee's a fun writer. He, he it's good ideas. Um, I love Jack Kirby and the very second, few do not. Very, very few do not. And uh, the second that we turn this page is where I said, Ryan set me up. He set me up because <laughs> okay. the, the second I turned this page, I saw written by Stan Lee, drawn by Jack Kirby, inked by Vince Coletta. Bro. Okay. Bro. I had a feeling someone <laughs> was going to have a hot take about him eventually. <laughs> I, well, this is, this is, I think the first, this is the first uh, inking that he, he ever did for Jack Kirby. I, I do believe I do believe you're right there because uh, this began their long, long uh, work on Thor together. Um, and I, I thought this was I thought this was a rib on me because I remember you posted about Vince Coletta in your in the uh, across the Bifrost uh, Facebook page, and I was like, oh man, Vince Coletta, garbage, absolute garbage. And you were like, oh, no, he's, oh, people, some people like him, some people don't. And I'm like, well, well I don't. Some people are dumb. Nice <laughs> <laughs> I, I well, do not like what he does. Um, I, I, by all accounts, he was a very nice man. He was very loyal, especially to someone like Jim Shooter. And I appreciate that. But, oh, my God, was he lazy. Oh, Lord. So we, we'll get into it as, as we go through the, uh, as we go through the issues, but man, oh man, there was some of these points where I was just looking at it going, you son of a gun. So funny story about that. I did not even realize what I had done until after the fact. And I was like, oh, right. He doesn't like Vince Coletta. Oh, I hate Vince Coletta. And, and I, w- I wish it had been a rib on purpose. Cause that would have been <laughs> a lot more, it would have been a lot funnier. My, my master Loki S scheme would have come into play, but uh, my genius was completely on accident. Uh, yeah. The second, yeah. The second you said journey into mystery 116, I was like, he knows what he's doing. That's cause it's, I don't know if you, I don't know if you, you saw, remember my, my message, but I was like, Oh, okay yeah sure no problem we'll break that one down. <laughs> i was like oh what, what what have i what have i done here uh, but uh speaking of uh speaking of your hot takes on these issues let's jump on in and uh let's begin the trial of the gods this is a storyline that has been uh hinted at over the last few issues of thor it's one of the um I think this storyline is actually one of the first times that Stan and Jack are telling a rolling story where there's elements of this story that have been hinted at two, three months back in two, three editions of the book back. And now we're finally at the trial of the gods. We've dealt with the absorbing man for the time being. And now Odin has pronounced that Loki and Thor will, they will, end their dispute for once and for all which of course they do not (laughs) i'm gonna stare stare at you uh with with disbelieving eyes because i don't think that happens (laughs) so i'm gonna turn i'm gonna turn our page as we're uh as we're looking at the issues here uh side by side and i'm gonna i'm gonna read the cast of creators and then we'll let curtis loose on this one i got takes and as we as we read these most times, I'll, I'll read them in the way that uh, that Stanley presents them. It was this issue is written by Imperial Stan Lee. It is illustrated by impregnable Jack Kirby. It is inked by Im- implacable. Implacable, uh, yeah. 
Vince Coletta, and it's lettered by Impossible Artie Simic. Curtis, I, I hand the stage over to you. Oh, so Vince Coletta. Let's talk about him. Vince Coletta is a talented person. He can draw and he can ink. The problem with Vince Coletta is he loved money. And what he would do is he, he would he stopped drawing when he realized that he could ink fast and easy. So what he would do is just ink the ink someone else's pages, ink them, ink them, ink them. He would cut all sorts of corners and get that money because he was getting paid by the page. Uh, and and by all means, that people thought he was efficient. Um, you know, the the Marvel publishers were fine with it. They you know this guy's getting out an entire book in a weekend. We you know this is great for us, but when it comes to someone like Jack Kirby, who would draw these intricate backgrounds of scientific machinery or cityscapes yeah. and things like that, and Coletta would just just make the whole thing black or simplify everything until it doesn't even look like it works anymore. You know, like the, the fantastic uh, space scenes that he would draw, um, Coletta would just go like, oh, I don't feel like getting on my circle template right now and just ink the whole thing. Um, when, when you would see, and there's a couple examples of that in uh, these two comics, you'll see uh, anytime there's a, like a, a face, a close up on a face of like, a, of Loki, you know, and he's, he's having this moment of like anger. And then you see like the look in his eyes and his eyes are just blank because Coletta couldn't be bothered to actually ink the eyes. It's just a circle. And it just ruins, it ruins the, the work of Jack Kirby, who at this point was developing into one of the best artists of all time. Now, I'll say he's got this great use of motion. There's, if you see like on the very first page here, you see the very delicate line work yes. on, uh, in, in the shadows on the throne or in the, in the back where the, the man's hitting the gong. The, that delicate line work is really nice. But when it gets to close-ups and things like that, I'll, I'll point out a couple of times where it just gets really lazy. Okay. Well, and, and I've, heard, I've heard this description of Vince Coletta's work, and this is really the first time that we've really gone in depth on him as a person in early, uh, in early Marvel history. And Vince Coletta sticks around in Thor stories for a long time. And that's because Kirby did not look at, at finished products. Kirby would not look at his own comic books, which is because just he, insane. Oh, right. Like, I, 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 I would be hawking my own stuff all the time. If I had that, right? talent. I listen to my own podcast because I'm a jerk, I, but like, I'm, I'm an egomaniac. I listen to my own too. Cause I like my stuff. <laughs> it's, it must be something. It must be something with artists. So, uh, man, we, we've actually got some pages to turn and we've got some, <laughs> uh, some, some content to create here. So, I am going to jump past the opening splash page because we've already uh, waxed poetic about it. And uh, we're going to jump into the body of the conflict for this issue, the trial of the gods. So Odin has had enough of his son's uh, squabbling. And uh, in last issue, he shatters a room in half and says, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm done with you guys. We're going to order the trial of the gods. And after, uh, after Thor deals with Crusher Creel, the Absorbing Man, he goes back to Asgard and he submits himself 
to the rulership of Odin while Loki's still trying to scheme his way out of it as he is wont to do. And Odin give, he gets the hammer from Thor and the two are sent off to Skornheim. Skornheim is this wasteland where uh, basically it's the first guy that gets back to Asgard wins in, in layman's terms. And Loki unveils his plan that uh, he's, he's got his agents, the Executioner and the Enchantress, working on Midgard to distract Thor because they're going after Jane Foster as Thor and Loki begin the Trial of the Gods. So, Curtis, as we jump into the first few pages here, the Trial of the Gods has been ordered. Um, where, uh, what, your first impressions of the impetus of this story? So... The beginning of the story that I'm, I'm looking at here is I I've I've never read this issue and I didn't I made sure specifically not to read the issues ahead of it because I wanted to go in cold and see if I could I I understand that you know comics at this point you know they did tell a story that was told over many issues but they also told a singular story per issue yeah so I wanted to see if this if this could stand on its own uh, and I think that this really did the the very beginning you're told exactly what they're supposed to do. You're told exactly how they're supposed to do it. You're told the, the, the box that they've been put in, the, 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 um, the ramifications of what they have to do. And everything, everything that they're doing is set up in just like one or two pages. That's the thing about Stan's writing. It's bombastic, but it's to the point. Yeah. You know, he, he doesn't, he, he, I was going to say he doesn't mince words, but he does, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, he, he, he gets to the point. Um, he gives you all the exposition you need and just lets the story go. So that's, that's a lot of fun. Um, it's, it, it kind of annoyed me that, uh, the, the very first thing is Loki goes, uh, oh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just win this, but cause I've got a bag of tricks and like, that's okay. Yeah, that's Loki. And I guess this is early still. So. You know, it just seemed like that was very low level Loki uh, for someone who's, you know, reading comics in 2021. But, you know, I've got to take off that modern, uh, that modern veil that I'm seeing everything through. Yeah. Um, you, you can't, you, you can't read Loki agent of Asgard into this. <laughs> exactly. Kieran Gillen's uh, Loki. Uh, this is a very simplistic Loki. And uh, there's one, one thing um, when you mentioned Stan, um, Stan as a writer. Um, so take or leave all the behind the scenes stuff that people will throw into arguments of, are you a Stan Lee guy or a Jack Kirby guy? I'm, I'm both. I'm, yeah. I love, I love them as a team because on their own, they're, 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 I, I think they're good on their own. I think they're legendary together. Yeah, um, absolutely. One thing I, I've heard, <laughs> uh, some friends of mine, uh, said on a previous episode that, Jack thought that a picture was worth a thousand words. Well, Stan Lee thought a thousand words was worth a thousand words. And <laughs> mm -hmm. so, uh, he got every he got every every bit out of that thousand words, didn't he? Oh my goodness! And speaking of uh, pictures um, and just some fantastic imagery, going into the actual chase of the issue, they go through these. It's it's almost like a formulaic. Um, adventure story um it's the chase to get back to the you know the place that they have to you know arrive at and the winner is it's like um it's like a mythological fantasy decathlon 
and they are running through uh, all these different obstacles. There's a, a forest that's made of razor sharp thorns that Loki is able to transparently move through. Thor chooses the less tactful way and he just smashes through the whole thing. And then they run into, I believe his name is Yag, the Invincible. That guy is so cool looking. Oh, man. He looks like an old like gladiator movie B villain. Um, and uh, then uh, there's a little bit of a, um, well, you know what? Let's stop at Yag for a second. Um, so these obstacles are thrown in front of Thor and Loki. And then uh, Curtis, one of my favorite panels in this entire, up until right now, one of my favorite panels ever is Odin in the bathtub. <laughs> Odin in his jacuzzi. Yes. Yeah. And that thing was comfy as hell. Just, oh yeah. And then he has the 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 Odin robe. Um I just I lo- I love little things like that. It's it's so odd and it's so weird and I just couldn't love it more. Well the the, the coolest part of this is like Jack had such a wild imagination. So you see like the the tub that he has it looks like uh it looks like a barrel kind of like like for meat or something like that but it's it's also got like some mechanical bits to it and then it's got these two like fountains that come out of the back and they pour hot water into it and i I imagine so that that makes it look like oh maybe there's some sort of recycling um contraption that goes through it and so like that who thinks of that man that's so neat and it just looks like um it looks like something that a dwarf would make from lord of the rings or something and and like but in space question mark yeah it's so cool coming 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 this summer uh jack kirby designed bathtubs oh my gosh me too uh so yag is the obstacle of thor and loki at this point and um thor dispatches him fairly easily um you know the invincible yag is beaten like i think in a matter of like four or five panels page and Uh, a half something like that uh while this is going on odin sends balder to earth to keep jane foster safe from the executioner and the enchantress so there's a lot of layering going on here um we've got multiple stories going on at the same time and the pacing I wanted to get your opinion on the pacing of this because sometimes Silver Age comics get um, they get branded with this like it's really wordy and it's kind of boring. It's really wordy and it's kind of boring. I was not bored during this issue at all because it keeps moving. Uh, One of the things that this this issue specifically does, it does, like you said, keep moving. But the problem with it is it cuts a lot like they they cut between each different trial that they're doing, you know, they kind of get through it really fast. Uh, Loki's got this, uh, oh, he's playing Calvin ball, isn't he? Every single thing that they come across, he's got the, he's got the, uh, the fix for it. And he's like, Oh, new rule. I can do this. Yeah. And, uh, Oh, here's, here's my new power. And it was just like in the 115 where, uh, Thor has like nuclear energy, you know, yeah. like it was just something that just came out of nowhere. Loki's like, I got this now. Uh, I got this now too. And, and then Thor, of course, just bashes everything, which is fun. Um, you know, he, he bashes, he bashes Yag, he bashes the forest that he has to walk through. He, like, he's Thor, you know, every, when you have a hammer, every problem's a nail, isn't it? That's an appropriate exactly. saying. So, 
there, but there's a lot of cutting between those things that they're doing very quickly, and they're cutting back and forth to uh, Odin. And I, I just, I, I'm, as I'm reading this, the one thing that I kept wondering is, why can't Odin see that Loki's cheating? Why is Odin not watching the trials? You know, he's got he he's got yep. <laughs> the ability to see. I'm sure he does in some way. You know, and if he knew where they were going, does, is it just uh, you know? Because it's not that there's no rules because yeah. he sets out as a, a a bunch of rules for them. Yeah, yeah. And he obviously cares that they're not cheating, or else he would have just been like, okay, first one you to make it home, just go, and like left him with his hammer and you know yeah. things like that. So he obviously cares that the rules are being followed. He sets out enough rules that they need to uh to comply with then he doesn't make sure there's no ref you know yeah it's it's like uh like in a game of basketball it's like throwing the tip off up and be like okay i'm 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 I'll yeah, just... i'm out i'm gonna go get a coffee i'll be back later yeah it's like wait, are we gonna call fouls uh call your own fouls yeah it's it's fine it's playoff uh, hockey the rules are different Yes, yes. I should have definitely gone with a hockey reference because you're a big hockey guy. Uh, it's okay. Basketball's fine too. Uh, so the, we get a few more of, uh, of the obstacles after Yag is defeated. Uh, carnivorous plants are always fun. Um, oh, I love, the, I love the look of these guys. Like the, the bird plant with a skull face. That guy's cool, man. It's very trippy. It's it's almost like um uh like a demented kind of like fair grim fairy tale kind of um just kind of a morbid looking uh it looks like it looks like uh Sesame Street on acid kind of and there's the sound bite for the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I know what that's like. (laughs) Question mark. Uh, jumping back to Earth, uh Balder. Balder fends off uh, the executioner and the enchantress from uh, from the uh, from taking Jane and using her kind of as a how do I say this uh, as a, like a ransom like they 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 are gonna hold her and uh, so that they can distract Thor from you know beating Loki and then some great panels happen. Because one of the members of the teen brigade, who are a group of uh, teens and young kids. Uh, Rick Jones, <laughs> homies. Yeah, Rick, Rick Jones is posse. One of the members of the teen brigade sees this happening on the street below. And he, he starts to radio for anyone to come and help. And Kurt, <laughs> who, who does he reach out to? Uh, that makes some pretty awesome crossovers in this uh, issue. Uh, so first thing is, for, of course, you try and go with the Avengers first, uh, you know, and they're having they're having a heart to heart. They're, you know, doing a powwow. And that's cool. But they <laughs> it, they're just like, oh, no, we, we can't answer this message because Thor needs to be a man on his own. We we shouldn't even bother to check on him. What like what? Okay, arbitrary rule that they yeah nowhere. Uh, then of course uh, next up is my my homeboy Daredevil. Daredevil. Um, this is this is so fun that you get to see like Daredevil crossover in this uh, in this lovely comic. And I, I don't I don't know of many times when Jack drew Daredevil, so that's a lot of fun uh, getting to see. Yeah. Because initially it was Bill Everett, uh, and then like Wally Wood created the 
Wally Wood created the version of Daredevil that everyone knows. Mm-hmm. Um, the Daredevil. armored Daredevil, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> the, the um, so the version of Daredevil we get here is a ra- a rare uh, appearance of of Jack drawing Daredevil, which is yeah, you know, like you said, pretty uh, pretty awesome. And then we we don't see them, but they are referenced. Uh, the last group that the uh, the radioing teen reaches out to is the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. He uh, goes straight for the Baxter Building. Yeah, but then uh, the the frightful four, the uh, the uh, dark doubles of the Fantastic Four. Uh, it's uh, the Wizard, Sandman, Medusa, and the 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 Melter or paste pot Pete, or it's something really bizarre and weird. Um, they are, they think they've beaten the Fantastic Four. This happens in, uh, in Fantastic Four number 38. And out of nowhere, a flaming, uh, like a ball of, of, of energy shoots down to the top of the Baxter building. And they think it's the human torch. In all reality, it's Balder the Brave. Balder the Brave has come to earth to defend jane and uh, get her away from the uh, enchantress and the executioner so just like those uh, those panels are so great because it does something that the marvel universe has um, always been known for it's crossing over um, that was one of the one of the things i used to love about marvel when i was a kid is it it took place in a reality that i was aware of aware of i've never been to new york city when i was a kid but i knew that new york city existed yeah. and everyone was just kind of there spider-man was there the fantastic four were there daredevil was was there uh so when you get to see those sort of crossovers and and that's another thing like mcu movies people are always like oh how can anybody have a solo adventure now you know there should always be a crossover now anytime there's a thor movie if he's on earth iron man should show up yeah yep. and yeah i mean the dude's got other stuff to do but like this this is pretty cool you can have those those cameo appearances it's really neat yeah the uh the the interconnectedness of the marvel mm-hmm. universe truly made it special and so uh so marvel just takes a different approach at it and we get some awesome little cameos before balder shows up and then we cut back to the last few pages of this adventure where Thor is trailing behind Loki and Loki is almost at the finish line. And we're left with this moment of despair for, for Thor where he's like, Oh no, I'm, I'm going to lose this. He actually ends the issue saying, despite my every effort, he beat me Loki with his sinister stones, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> cutting his deceit. Loki has won. And then yeah, Loki with his shark repellent bat spray. Has a, it's, it's 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 just it's that level of absurdity there's one um there's one spot where when loki gets to the carnivorous forest he's like oh i have my carnivorous forest repellent and he just pulls that out of his bag and it's like okay <laughs> much much like uh much like uh golden and silver age batman he has he has the superpower of convenience <laughs> yep Yep, he's he's got the power of what I need when I need it, and that's yeah. um, that's cool. And I think that would have been cooler if he had been relying on wits and things like that while while Thor was relying on brawn and muscle. You know, uh, that would have been a lot funner. Instead, he's relying on um, 
he's he's relying on a bag of tricks that just gives him uh, whatever MacGuffin he needs at the time. So, yeah, cool. I guess. I mean, it is it is in character because Loki, you know, he had this plan all along where he was going to do this trial, and he hid the stones on his person. They they make a joke about how like no one lifted up his tunic or something like that at the beginning. And uh, I was like, okay, Stan, that's cool. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, and, and at this point, I mean, the Nor- the Norn stones, as they're uh, you know, as they're known, they, like you said, they are a MacGuffin. That's, yeah. and even to this day, the Norn stones do not have a like this is what they do kind of thing. They're just a powerful as guardian artifact that whatever we need them to do, they can do. Um, and so that 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 template has definitely bled into modern iterations of those objects showing up in comics. And then they actually they play a principal part in the next issue. But before we jump over to the next issue, Curtis, this uh, trial of the gods, this issue, um, any anything like that you just want to you want to hit on before we leave this and maybe like what was your favorite panel? I would actually, I would really like to know that. What was your favorite panel from this? Uh, I definitely have a least favorite panel in this okay. issue. Okay. At the, uh, at, uh, it's near the beginning. There's a panel that it's just, it's a, uh, it's about a quarter of the page. It's this close up on Odin's face and it is so gorgeous. You can see the, the, the bushiness of his eyebrows. You can see yes. uh, there it is on page three. Um, you can see you can see like every line every dent in his helmet and then you get that vince coletta nonsense of not inking the eyes <laughs> that's what i'm talking about look at how the delicate lines he did for the eyebrows yes and the shadows they did on the helmet right there and then the eyes are just blank and i just oh god it hurts my soul <laughs> i feel like i'm like i i'm i've unwittingly uh had you experienced some 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 deep-seated trauma here <laughs> uh it's it's a thing i mean i'm i'm one of those people that when i find something that i don't like i will obsess on it and and that's not cool um i i can think of a, a panel that i do actually like okay. um there's uh one where uh oh i think it was when thor was fighting uh yag yag yig yag yep. yag he's fighting yag and there's like an explosion behind him and he's like jumping away from it and you see him and he's all silhouetted and it like there's just like power exploding behind him very 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 cool panel yeah i i like i like uh those panels where you can really sense jack kirby's energy when he mm-hmm. does something um my 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 favorite things from this uh, issue uh, really I've seen I've seen Thor do action. I've seen him do awesome fight scenes. What I hadn't seen was the Odin bathtub. <laughs> it has, now it's head cannon. That's what it's called now. I accept no substitutes. And the awesome crossover cameos. I I, I loved the the Jack Kirby drawn Daredevil. I was just really really I was all in on that. I was I was so uh, excited when it was Balder showing up instead of the uh, instead of the Human Torch, because when the, you know it's the Baxter Building, there's a there's a giant you know fireball on top of the Baxter Building. I was like, oh Human Torch, oh it's Balder, he's showing up, and then like he, the next panel is him exiting out the bottom of the Baxter Building, and I in my head there was just this like 
going down, you know, and like he's just chilling out, walking through the lobby, you know. Oh, so, sorry, Reed. Sorry, I gotta get out of here. Oh, I gotta get through here. Hey, that guy looks familiar. I know uh, him. So jumping, uh, jumping into the next issue, uh, issue one seventeen, entitled "Into the Blaze of Battle," and uh, we get we're we're returning to an old, well-worn trope of Thor fighting communists. So this should be fun. I have a, I have a, a a small bone to pick with the cover there. Okay, uh, if you can take a look at that. The guy on the bottom left of the, uh, not bottom left, about the mid bottom left, uh, he's loading a mortar into yeah. in into the the gun here, and the actual bomb is upside down. He's loading it backwards. I saw that and I was like, "This you is great." That. <laughs> oh my God. He's loading this mortar in backwards, and it's hilarious. Which is so weird because you would think Jack Kirby would know with his his military experience. Uh, you think he'd know? I, I don't even I don't even know what's going on there, but yeah, it gives me so much joy, and it will good times. Media when this episode comes out. Oh, it's so fun! Oh, he's loading a mortar backwards. That's fantastic. Uh, and, and the the rest of the the rest of the cover is is Thor. Uh, you know, just charging into battle with a, in a very heroic pose but then on our opening splash page um we will read the cat the cast of characters who created this comic uh in the way that stan lee uh intended this issue was regally written by stan lee it was dazzlingly drawn by jack kirby it was invincibly inked by vince coletta and it was lonesomely lettered by Artie simic there we go only picking on letters yet again oh poor Artie. It just, I, I just, I want, I wish there was a, like a record somewhere of like how Artie Simic really felt about having done all that stuff. It's like, yeah, um, I was not a fan. Or if he was like, ah, whatever, like, it would just be nice to know what he actually felt about having to basically dog himself in a public <laughs> because, you know, the higher power said to do it. But the uh, it, it does seem like a pretty good rib, uh, and I mean Stan Stan would he would do that with everybody, but people would do that back at Stan, wouldn't they? Like when uh, when Kirby did that uh, when he created the Fourth World, he he created um, Funky Fleischman, who is just Stan Lee, you know. So I, I mean the maybe Funky Fleischman probably wasn't supposed to be a nice rib, but I I like Funky Fleischman. I think he's great. So. Yeah. The uh, I mean, one thing I was uh, listening to a little bit of a of another podcast the other day, breaking down some Fantastic Four comics, and there is I think it's the one of the first few appearances of Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom goes to the Marvel offices, and it is fantastic. <laughs> it is fantastic, and Doctor Doom has like a, a like a shakedown of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. It's it's like it's so meta like it's just fantastic. <laughs> like i didn't like the way you drew me in that last issue he's like what do you want us to do man we got deadlines to make <laughs> years later grant morrison does this in animal man and uh it's awesome so i mean like every time a character meets their creator it's pretty cool yeah it definitely definitely brings a brings joy to comic readers hearts uh the world over the uh the battle with loki and thor has reached its end or 
so we think for now. The Norn stones are lost in the, um, they're lost in the kerfuffle because Loki doesn't want to uh, basically incriminate himself. So he sends them off. And when Odin and uh, Thor and Loki all kind of break down the result of the trial of the gods, uh, Thor says, okay, I'm going to go get the stones. And he heads back off to earth. And there's the conclusion of the enchantress and executioner um, attempted kidnapping of Jane. And Thor goes to Balder and they kind of have a, a, a brief discussion. And then Thor is off again to go find the Norn stones. So that's kind of the, the first few pages of this uh, issue. But Curtis, I just want to know kind of your impressions of the, the results of the trial. So the, the first bit of this is confusing to me um i that we saw this in the last issue when balder hits the baxter building he's balder when he gets to the bottom floor he's wearing a suit for some reason like why does balder need to be in disguise for this exactly right thor is thor is attacked by what we believe to be the north vietnamese army and they uh they knock him unconscious with a shell uh, it doesn't, it, obviously it doesn't destroy him or, or kill him, or, but it does knock him unconscious. Curtis, like, did you roll your eyes when you read this? What were your, like, what were your impressions of this type of villain? Well, I, it's difficult because I really was expecting that this might get a little problematic. Yeah. And so I was, I was very apprehensive. Um, I was actually surprised with how, well this was handled for 1960 something yeah um it seems like they they wanted to go through the trouble of having a red menace but not making them otherworldly and unknowably evil yeah you know there's there's a a part where we get to meet the family of uh, a deceased vietnamese soldier and they they turn them into sympathetic figures yes they do yeah and that's uh that's really neat and it's something that i did not expect speaking of that family um when thor wakes up from being knocked out um he has been taken in uh the the north vietnamese army apparently doesn't go after doesn't go after a kill (laughs) so this family picks thor up and they take care of him and when he wakes up they kind of explain what is going on. And Thor is given this opportunity to choose between pursuing his mission further to go find the Norn stones and return those to Asgard or to help out this village. And initially he thinks twice about it. He's contemplating, should I stick around and help or not? You know, that heroic ideal of helping defenseless people and then his Asgardian uh, mandate to go get the Norn stones. Um, I like I like that they added a little bit of conflict here. It wasn't just this, you know. Well, I'm a I'm a hero, so I do heroic stuff. You know, he actually has to think a little bit and contemplate. Like, okay, I know I'm here for a reason, but I'm also like I'm able to help here. I should help. Odin's gonna Odin's gonna declare him the loser if he can't find the stones within 24 hours. But also, like, he could single-handedly win the Vietnam War. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it phrased that way. It's like, oh, my gosh, why didn't Stan rewrite history? Do it. <laughs> like, yeah, well, I mean, 
just if you want to see what it's like when a Superman wins the Vietnam War, you can read Watchmen, I guess. We move on back to Asgard, where Loki is processing. Loki uh, is consulting Carnilla, the Norn Queen, and uh, this uh, this behind the scenes little conflict happens where um, Loki is gonna he's gonna use some cat's paws, use some some uh, other agents to get his bidding across and uh he's sitting there in a little bit of despair so curse i just wanted to know like when when loki has these introspective moments like i think these add to him so much as a character what was kind of your takeaway from these moments where loki gets to just kind of be a sad sack <laughs> i have so many thoughts about this page specifically okay awesome i love the the like petulant teenager loki that we have here he's you know throwing his drink at the norn queen and he's throwing himself on his fainting couch and he's like i've just got to be evil everyone else gets to be the good guy but i'm loki so i've got to be evil gotta be evil and and he's he's having this moment in the third panel there where he's just like he's got his his hand on his on his forehead and he's just oh oh god I've, i have no choice but then as he's doing that as he's doing that he's got this it's a great panel you can see like sadness in his face and things like that but then there's those vince coletta eyes big blank blue circle oh my god i'm so angry at it because it's it's such a good it's such a good panel and it's just it makes it look like he's got lifeless like doll's dead eyes dead eyes here dead eyes dude i hate it so angry so the 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 page itself is great though especially the one uh where you see at the very end when he's he's like if i'm gonna be evil i'm gonna go all the way evil and he's got that glowing orb and he's just like yes feel the evil yes. flow through you and uh yeah that's that's a really good panel as well that he's speaking of he's speaking of the uh, North Vietnamese soldiers when he says, "Now, my witless pawns, strike at Thor. The time is now." And then we jump over to the next page, and Thor is uh, well, Don Blake. Sorry, uh, Thor has transformed back into Don Blake to be more inconspicuous. And the Vietnamese soldiers uh, they kidnap him very easily, and they are taking him to the commander, and the commander is trying to you know figure out why don blake is there and don says hey i'm a doctor like i'm just here to help people and the commander's like i'm not buying it uh and then the uh, the family the family that had rescued thor earlier they come to don's rescue and they're able to help don transform into thor again in one of the most impractical transformations that i've reached uh, so far so one of the things that you've just summed up, yeah, Donald Blake gets captured by the North Vietnamese army and he's having a meeting with the head of the North Vietnamese army in this, in this area. Uh, it's just, they, they don't really say who, if he's a sergeant or whatever he is, but he's captured and they're taken to this inquisitor fella and Donald Blake's thinking to himself, oh, his eyes are merciless and cold as ice. And you take a look at his eye and like, it's just black. <laughs> like uh coletta just tiny little white dots <laughs> tiny little white dots and like big it looks like it looks like um somebody like who would play bass for the cure 
<laughs> just so much black eye makeup. But uh, I think that was just that was just laziness on Coletta's part. Like he just he might have messed up at one point and was just like, um, the eyes aren't going to be a big thing in this. We'll just we'll just exit out. And specifically, there's that line. Oh, his eyes, his eyes. And you look at his eyes and it's like got punched in the face twice. Oh, Coletta. The uh, the escape of Don Blake aided by the family uh, is um they, they hint at like having lost their son a long time ago. And um, that plays into the story, the actual like a twist ending um, here at, the, at the, uh, the climax of the, the fight where Thor is going through the base and he takes out the Vietnamese soldiers. But in the other room, as Thor is beating up, you know, all these soldiers kind of doing what, doing what he does, uh, the commander is discovered to be the lost son of this family and his mother dies so that what do you think about this little twist here um and, and maybe just some of the the beats that that story matures into in these last few pages it really it went places they made decisions didn't they yeah. um absolutely the the thing that i i liked most about it was the the pain on his face when he sees what he's done because he he starts randomly like firing and, and he ends up hitting his uh hitting his mother and his brother and you can see like when he's actually shooting you see his, his face is just contorted and he looks like a monster and then the very next panel he realizes what he's done and it's this like you can see like he's going through the stages of grief so he's like anger denial acceptance like panel 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 and it's so wild just to see uh it's such a heart-wrenching moment i guess is the is the best way to put it uh when his sister escapes and he's just defeated like he's not bothering to chase her he's not bothering to shoot after her he's realized that he's he's damned himself at this point and he's going to accept whatever fate comes to him and it's uh it's it's quite quite just soul-crushing the villain knows that he has become something that he originally would have never intended himself to be. After Thor leaves with, uh, I believe the girl's name is Kim, um, Thor leaves with her. Thor's like, hey, you ever get up to this? You know, layman's terms, he says, you ever get up to this again? Like, there's nowhere you can hide from me. And then the commander has, um, he has a little bit of a monologue and then the last panel. Um, but I'll, I'll read his his monologue here because I just think it's um it's very it's very much a picture into the time, and how Stan Lee rewrote some narrative in here uh, some some cultural narrative. He says, "I have brought death to my family and dishonor to my name, but I shall face my fate like a soldier. It was communism that made me that made me what I am, that shaped me into a brutal, unthinking instrument of destruction." To communism, then, may it vanish from the face of the earth and the memory of mankind. And he he takes out a pistol and he shoots uh, shoots in. We are assumed to think that he shoots into the uh, collection of bombs that we had seen earlier on in the issue. And then in the last panel, Thor is flying away, and all of the ammunition explodes. And he says, uh, uh, "the the commander's name Husak." is dead little kim 
but it was, but it is as I expected. He died a man. So let's unpack those three panels because <laughs> there's a lot there, uh, and then we'll 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 wrap this edition of Throwback uh, up. So Curtis, just this this last page. There's a lot there. There's a lot there. Uh, there, there is the the page itself looks great. Uh, yeah. The the actual panel of him where he's taking aim at the at the weapons cache is gorgeous yeah uh, it, it's just a simple blue background and you've got this his his blank haunted look uh that really comes across in the art and you know he's he's just saying like okay well i i hope all communists die or whatever he says and the the sentiment may be a bit eye rolly and things like that nowadays yeah. but it really like he realizes what he's done and you know thor says oh he he took responsibility and it's like even then he really didn't yeah. you know he's he's blaming a system of government for him shooting his mom okay um whatever but maybe it is maybe own some personal agency in there maybe but uh you know this is this is still a gorgeous panel and uh the the lesson that stands putting aside it's still a really sad story of of this guy who uh, accidentally killed his family k- killed members of his family and he's going to commit suicide and it's pretty heavy for 1960 something yeah yeah they're, they're, every so often what i've found in this um in this journey through the issues of thor is that the side characters will sometimes have way more compelling uh, emotional arcs than thor himself uh and this is one where he's literally in half of this issue and and we're drawn into his emotional arc like that and then it's just it's just over it's done we never see this character again um but there's so much packed into his um into his tension and his turmoil towards the end of his uh existence as a character you could tell that they wanted to get something across you could tell that they were really like we want to have a lesson here and they that they did they succeeded in that um like i said it's a bit eye-rolly nowadays uh it definitely seems a little cheap but it 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 does work emotionally um especially with the way that the art can portray in just a few panels the the way that this guy is feeling you know this is a this is an emotional arc that would have taken an entire uh an entire book nowadays people would take they would take 24 pages to go through what this guy has just done and really explore and like stan and jim uh, stan and jack did it in five panels yeah it really and and i think so if if just for a moment if we divorce the subject matter from the way that the story gets told so it like the 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 format and and the, the fashion that it's told in is so great even if like you said the topic itself is eye rolly um you know you could you could substitute so many different things for you know morality lesson here and it would still be a great story in the way that it's told and i think that's the thing that i highlight here at the end is how the story is told maybe not the specific story subject itself does that make sense sure does and and this issue feels very different from uh from the previous one the previous one is an adventure story and it's high stakes and it's moving and it's you know it's jumping back and forth 
this one is very even with loki even with loki and this commander it's very introspective it's very uh it's 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 a well thought out attempt to add depth to uh what is a a children's book still yeah it's it they're looking at their villains and they're saying what motivates these villains how can we turn that motivation on its head how can we make them look like they have layers and that's really cool um it really comes across in the art uh the i mean the words for a 1960 something comic book the the words are never going to be as deep as they could be but it's really when you add just those simple words to uh art that really tugs at your heartstrings it can become something really special absolutely yeah and and uh as we wrap up this issue uh panels that stood stood out to you things from this that stood out to you and then um then i want to ask you about your own creative ventures so that people can go support and follow you at those things uh so one of my favorite panels uh there's a panel where thor is charging into the midst of the of the nva and uh you know he's, he's twirling the he's twirling the mighty hammer Mjolnir, and he's like Kind of balanced on one foot like he's, he's charging head first in, and it's a really good looking panel the next panel is them of course flying away like they just got socked with a meteor <laughs> like a bomb just went cool. off and really it's just him hitting him him hitting them with a hammer <laughs> the another one that that really stood out to me was the one where uh hosuk the uh the nva commander realizes that he's shot at his brother and accidentally hit his mother yeah. and the look of of shock on his face is oh it's a kick in the guts it really is the the best way i think that that you could read those two panels back to back is with the the marvel universe app where you can look at each panel specifically instead of looking at a page yes uh, when you look at the page it's you know it's panel 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 but when you look at on the on the marvel universe app you're looking at that one panel specifically where he's just he's a monster his face is distorted there's anger like there's spit flying and and then you the next panel he's shocked he's in full color again the realization is sunk in and you can go back and forth between those two panels and it really just those two panels tell a story it's it, so gorgeous every man can be a monster and every monster can tell us something about what it means to be a man if that's a rolling storyline that they're going with in this in this run of comics they're knocking it out of the park Yes. Yeah. So kudos to them. And, and that, that brings us to the end of our, our throwback issues for the day. I do want to uh, let Curtis tell you all what he's up to and how you can go support his creative endeavors. Uh, so Curtis, get, give him, give him the promo, give him the stump speech. Oh, you got it, man. Thank you very much for uh, giving me a few seconds to talk about that. Uh, so I run a podcast called the Smark Foundation. It is a pro wrestling centric podcast. Uh, we focus on being positive about pro wrestling. Uh, the pro wrestling fandom can sometimes be a little bit toxic. It can sometimes be very, very uh, uh, negative and a downer. Uh, but what we like to do is, you know, we, my, my partner Shane and I, we uh, love pro wrestling. We've both watched pro wrestling since we were young. And we want to relive some of those great times and try and recapture what we loved about those great times with modern day wrestling. Um, so you'll, you'll hear us talking about all major wrestling companies. A lot of people are in the camp of one or the other. We yeah. talk about WWE, we talk about AEW, we talk about New Japan. 
Um, we're going to be talking a lot about Noah because New Japan and Noah are going to be teaming up now, and that makes me very happy. We do like to ramble a little bit, and we have a lot of fun. It's good laughs. I appreciate the work that those guys do over there and um, yeah, go, go support them. You guys have a uh, social media as well, right? Curtis? We do. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. We have a, a, a group called the smart foundation debate dungeon. Uh, you can find us on there, uh, answer the questions and we'll let you in. Be sure to answer the questions or we will not let you in. The questions yeah. are easy. It's just like, who's your favorite wrestler and stuff. We just want to make sure people are paying attention. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at uh, the smart foundation uh, you can find my instagram if you wanted to follow me i talk about comic books a lot uh, on uh, e-l-d-e-s-t-r-u-c-t-o 83 l destructo 83 you can find us on any major podcatcher uh, you can find us on youtube as well at the smart foundation basically however you're enjoying this show please come enjoy our show we we like to uh, every every episode we're bi-weekly podcast every episode we will take a classic match and i'll write a little essay about it and try and explain to you what's going on with the match itself the story behind the match what was going on in the world at the time and how that leads into the story that the two people are or more are trying to tell in the ring we're gonna let you go i want to be respectful of uh, of your time because i know you're 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 busy across the pond uh, and uh, hey We'll see you down the road, man. Anytime you want to talk uh, Chris Jericho, Shawn Michaels matches, I am Ooh. all game for that. I can't wait till you guys get to some Jericho stuff. So we will see you down the road uh, and uh, have a great rest of your day, man. Thank you very much, buddy. It was good seeing you again. Every so often, it is just fun to sit back and reminisce with a good uh, good old friend about comics and about just different things that we love and we enjoy. So I had a great time reconnecting with Curtis and talking to him about these issues of Thor. Before we leave you today, I am going to test out a brand new segment on the show. Normally, what we do is I do an intro, I give you an interview or a discussion, and then we do an outro, and we're out of here. We don't really have segments on the show, but today I am going to try out, test out, a brand new segment, and that segment is Ryan Recommends. So, really, as the name says, I'm going to recommend something that I think you should go check out this week, whether it's uh, another comic, whether it's a TV show, whether it's a movie, a anything. I'm going to recommend something that will put a smile on your face that you will enjoy and that I think is worth your time and maybe your money. So this week, Ryan recommends that you go check out Hulk number one by Donny Cates and Ryan Otley. It came out last Wednesday. I read my copy immediately. It was a nonstop thrill ride. There's some great Ryan Otley art in there. If you maybe don't know uh, Ryan Otley's name off the top of your head, if you know of the Invincible TV show or the Invincible comics, he is the co-creator of that book. So... He is uh, definitely a dynamic artist, and he brings his talents to the Hulk here. Donnie Cates has been talking about how this story is going to be the most insane Hulk story 
that uh, we're not we're not even ready for. Uh, I believe he, he said on social media, he said it's effing crazy. It's effing insane. So when I read the first issue, I was going in with that comment being my lead in and it did not disappoint. The Hulk number one was fantastic. There are some different dynamics between the Hulk monster and Hulk the man, Bruce Banner. The tagline of this issue is, what if Hulk is here to protect us from Banner? So lots of intrigue, lots of great uh, imagery and great writing. There's some callbacks to the King in Black and others. I just, there's so much good stuff in this brand new series for the Hulk. So go check out Hulk number one, go buy yourself a copy. I think there's about a thousand different variant covers that you're sure to, you're sure to enjoy at least one of them. So go check out that brand new series. And I know you won't be disappointed as we close out the show today. I want to just remind you, go and follow the smart foundation wherever you can online, be sure to help out Curtis and Shane with a follow, a rating, a subscription, and check out their show. If you're a pro wrestling fan, you are sure to enjoy it. They keep it positive and they, they keep it, they keep it just really uh, strong and good. It's like strong style podcasting. They do a great job over there. So be sure to go give them your support. And then when you're doing that, don't forget to go give us a rating and a subscription wherever you're going to go do that for the Smart Foundation. Go do it for the Mighty Thor podcast. Your uh, your support, your listenership is appreciated. And we would love to just see this show grow. And a lot of how that happens is when we get more eyes on this show. Also, go share it with a friend. Go give the gift in this in this holiday season. Go give the gift of the Mighty Thor podcast. I would greatly appreciate that. We have some great stuff coming up next week. We're going to be visited by the man that read all of the Marvels. Douglas Wolk is going to be on the show. He is making the podcasting rounds. He's been on Marvel's podcast. He's been on the Amazing Spider-Cast. He's a frequent guest of Marvel by the Month. Those guys have been a guest on our show. Douglas is making the rounds. Promoting, promoting his latest, latest book, book all, all of the Marvels, where he recounts themes and storylines that he that really stood, stood out to him time, time, time he read, read every, every Marvel super comic. comic. It is it truly, is truly a feat, crazy thing one man, man to do, but he did, he did it, he wrote a book about it, he's going to come on our show next, next Episode, episode to talk, to talk about Thor, Thor and Loki, Loki from Chatter that he wrote his book is called Thunder and Lies. So be sure, be sure to check out check Thunder and Lies next episode, episode on Sunday. Sunday. That would be a great conversation. Not want to miss it. And then next, next week, week, next week, next week, I have a special announcement that I want to share with all of you. Next week is my birthday. That's not the announcement. Next week is my birthday. I would give I would you guys a present on my birthday. So, so on Thursday, the days after my birthday, I will give you guys an announcement for something that has been, um, it's been really long, long road to get here. We finally got it ready to unveil, and I want to just uh, give you guys a gift next week. 
So next week on our on our Thursday uh, throwback episode, not only will you get a great conversation with another special guest, you will also get a gift yourself, and it will just be a lot of fun to share that with you. So until we see you next time, dear listeners, appreciated listeners, we remind you to stay worthy.